This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. We are in week two of a series that we're calling 600. Okay. Uh, If you were not here last week, I highly encourage you, get the podcast. Get the podcast. Okay. You can get it on uh, Apple, you can get it on, I'm spacing right, Spotify, you can get it wherever your heart desires, Google, whatever, okay, but get the podcast, listen to last week, it was a great week, uh, we declared some great things that God's going to do in this next season, and we're going to continue to do that today. Um, 600, it's a vision of our church in this season, Elevate Church, we're going to grow to 600, And last week, I wanted to make it abundantly clear, and I want to do the same thing this week, that we're not going to be a church that just chases numbers, okay? And I've been a part of communities uh, that I had that feeling, and I felt like the uh, people, the stories, the family, the students, uh, wasn't really the focus. Our focus is families. Our focus is people. Our focus is people finding Jesus and becoming alive to Jesus and having a vibrant, alive relationship in Jesus. Amen. There's a lot of people in this world that need that right now. Our vision for the church as a whole, um, you could hear more about it if you want. We have a next class that's coming up next Sunday. Um, I think we have a bunch of people signed up right now. You can actually sign up in the lobby after church if you want to. Uh, Drew and some people will be out there with iPads, and you can sign up right away. But the vision for our church comes out of John chapter 21, where Jesus spoke to Peter, and he said, I need you to feed, tend, and love my sheep and lambs. Okay, so Jesus gives Peter a direct commandment. He says, listen, I need you to take the truth, I need you to take the word of God, and I need you to feed my lambs. That's why we love kids at Elevate Church. We are not ashamed of our kids. We love our kids. That's why we love students. That's why we love what Matt's doing with movement. We love our lambs. We love when people come into our church and they know nothing about God or nothing about Jesus or the goodness of God. We are totally fine and okay with wherever you're at in the journey finding Jesus. But we also have a lot of people who have known Jesus for a long time. And both groups need to be fed. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. It's not one or the other. Both groups need the word of God and need truth and need to be fed and they need to be tended for and loved. And that's why we do things like dinner parties so that we can get together and build community, love each other, pray for each other, build relationships that can, you know, move outside of just Sunday morning so that you can have real life and connection with other people. So that is the vision of our church. And right now, one of the huge prayers of my heart comes out of Mark chapter 6, verse 34. It says, Jesus saw a huge crowd when he stepped out of the boat, and he had compassion on them. Remember last week we talked about compassion. Compassion is passion in action. Okay, it's when I have a passion for something, I have an action to that passion. And Jesus said he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, okay? How many know there's a bunch of people in our immediate worlds 
Okay, in the world that we live in, the people at our job, the people in our neighborhood, the people that we're friends with, there are people we know today that are exactly what Jesus is talking about. They are sheep without a shepherd, meaning they need a good home that's going to teach them the goodness of God. They need a home that's going to show them Jesus. They need a home that's going to bring them relationship and connection. They need a shepherd, and the shepherd is Jesus, but God uses men. He uses houses like Elevate Church to be great shepherds for people. Amen? So my prayer right now is, Lord, let us shepherd more. We want and desire to shepherd more. One of the things that I talk about in the next class is always is that is this concept, and I, and I came up with it a long time ago when I was a youth pastor. I said this, we are not a monument, we are a movement, meaning this, we're not just some crusty old statue that just kind of stands still all the time. A movement is constantly moving. If you look at the New Testament, Jesus was constantly moving through the region, constantly gathering people for the purposes of God. Amen? And so a movement of God, and that's who we are, okay? So Jesus has put a mandate on us to love and to reach people, okay? But the truth is this. Absolute bottom line truth is this. We will not fulfill everything God has called us to do without you. Look at your neighbor and say you. Okay, you. Okay. All right. A lot of times in church, we like the idea of like, I'm just like kind of a few steps removed from what's really happening. And just kind of get in, get out. And do my God thing, and I could just kind of move on with the rest of my day. Okay? But that's not a vibrant, real relationship in Christ Jesus. Okay? A vibrant, real relationship in Christ Jesus causes you to have compassion for people that don't know the goodness of God. They don't know truth. And so if they don't know truth, we have a compassion in our heart. Meaning this, we need everyone in Elevate Church to go, you know what? I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. God has placed me here in this body. That's what the Word of God says, that he places people into the body as he so sees fit. Does that make sense? So it is not by chance that Shannon and Christina Wesley that are sitting on the front row that came the second week that Elevate Church ever existed. It is not by chance that they came that week. God intended for them to come. God intended for the Wesley family to help the purposes of God in Elevate Church to accomplish all that God has called us to do. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay? Can't do it without you. We can't do it without a body of believers coming together saying, we will bring our time, we will bring our talent and we will bring our treasure, a.k.a. money, to the house of God to go after the things of God, okay? And the reality is this. There has to become a time in everyone, okay? And, 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 and what I'm about to say, let me just say this. There was a time where I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about where I wasn't there. And I want to make sure that I want you not, I'm not beating anybody up today, okay? Not at all, okay? But there comes a time where as believers, 
we mature in Christ Jesus, and in that maturing, we go, yes, I will take my time, I'll take my talents, and I'll take my treasure, and I'll give it to the Lord so that we can continue to reach people. It's a maturing that happens in you. And a lot of times in church, this happens all the time. And I get it. I was there at one time. I was, I'm a part of what I'm about to say, where it's like, okay, God, I'll give you some time, but I won't give you my treasure. Does that make sense? Or I'll give you some of my talent, but my time is just way too valuable, God. Does that make sense? So God goes, no, 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 I need all of this, and I need a body that will bring all this collectively together so that we can go reach a world that desperately needs Jesus. Okay? So the reality, though, is this. I won't give my time, my talent, and my treasure unless what? I believe that God is good. Right? It's the same thing about worship. We just, we just did it, okay? So you won't worship unless you believe God is good. So if you believe that God is good, then yeah. I'm all about worship. But if I don't believe that God is good, then I must believe that God doesn't give, but he takes. So why would I give him my time, my treasure, and my talent if God is a God who takes? Because he's not a good God. But if I believe that God is a good God, and that God is a God who blesses, and a God that says, for I know the plans I have for you, and they are good, and they're not for disaster, and I have a hope and a future for you. If I truly believe that in my heart of hearts, then my natural response is this. People must know about this goodness. They got to know. It's the greatest thing in the whole entire earth. There is nothing in this earth that anybody can find outside of the goodness of God that will satisfy their soul. There's nothing. Buy as many cars as you want. Have as much money in the bank as you want. And your soul will still search. So if we believe that God is good and he is faithful and he's a good God who gives and cares for his children, then we, our naturally response is this. I am all in. My time, my talent, my treasure. For what? For a number? 600 is just a number. But it represents people. It represents broken homes. It represents people that are trapped in depression. It represents those who have been overlooked in this life, those who are desperately looking for an answer in this life, just like I was at one point in my life. Where I partied, I worked Every day, I worked Monday through Friday, had a construction job, I made a bunch of money, and all I cared about was working to get to the weekend so that I could get to the party, so I could get drunk, so I could get high, so I could forget about life. But thank God there was a better answer. Thank God there was a better answer than working all day so that I could party all weekend. Amen? So we're going to look today how Jesus looks at reaching 
people, okay? Because that's what 600 is. Let's not get tripped up on a number. Let's hone in on what it's about. It's about people and people finding the goodness of God. So go with me to Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 21 through 42. And I know it's a lot of verses, and please just kind of stay with me, okay? Um, If you don't have your Bible, we'll have it on the screen. You can pull out your uh, phone with the Bible app if you want. I'm going to read out of the NLT version today. Verse 21, it says, Jesus got into a boat again and went to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Verse 22, then Jesus... Uh, Then a leader of a local synagogue named Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Verse 24, Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowded around him. A woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years with continual bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors over the years. She had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Verse 27. She heard about Jesus. It's one of my favorite lines in the whole entire Bible. She heard about what? She heard about the goodness of God. She heard that there was an answer to her pain. She heard that there was somebody that could heal and restore her. There are people in this world that are just thinking, how am I going to make it another day? How am I going to survive another week? How am I going to make it through another year? I am hopeless. And the truth is, There's this great line the Bible says, she heard about Jesus. Amen. She heard about hope. She heard about somebody that could heal and restore who she was. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. She thought to herself, if I could touch his robe, I'll be healed. And immediately The bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. Praise God. Aren't you glad that God heals? God restores? Jesus realized at once the healing power had gone from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd passing around you. How could you ask, Who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Why does Jesus care about this right there? Because he cares about people. He wants to know. He wants to know who just got healing, who who just found me. He's desperately in love with us. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what happened to her, came and fell on her knees in front of him and told him what she had done, okay? He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking, a messenger arrived from Jairus' home, the leader of the synagogue, and told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Don't be afraid, Just have faith. 
Verse 37, Jesus, stood, Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue's leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside. Why all of this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. Underline that in your Bible. We're going to come back to that, okay? That's, that's a big, big point right there. He made them all leave. He took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples into the room where the girl was laying. He held her hand and said to her, Talithakum, I do my best, okay? It's a Hebrew word, Talithakum, which means little girl, get up. And the little girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around, and they were all overwhelmed and totally amazed. Totally amazed at the goodness of God. Four things that we need to learn from this passage about reaching people. Number one is this. Jesus views people and problems differently than we do as humans. Okay? Jesus views people and problems differently than we do as humans. Okay? Verse 35, remember this. It said this. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger came and arrived from Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use in troubling the teacher now. Okay? Jesus overhears this. Jesus' response is this. Okay? But Jesus overheard this and said, don't be afraid. Just have faith. The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. Okay. I don't know about you, but if I got a report that my kid, you know, I knew my kid was sick, and then I got a report that the child had died, and, and Adam comes up to me and he goes, oh, don't worry about it. She's good. She's just asleep. I'd be like, Adam, I love you. But I'm going to destroy your life right now. You know what I mean? Like, like what, is, like, what is wrong with you right now? Like, they just declared that she's dead. You know what I mean? Like, what hope is left to find right now? You know what I mean? And I think that sometimes, as it relates to reaching people in 2019, we have the same feeling as they did. What's the point of bothering Jesus? There are so many people in 2019 that are so spiritually dead. They're so dead to the things of God. They're so dead to church. They're so dead to even the name of Jesus. We're so dead to even saying Merry Christmas. We want to take Mary out of it. We just want to call it a holiday. What's the point? We think, you know, what's the point? I know so many people, like, I know guys, I know girls, I know people that they're just dead to the idea of Jesus. They're dead to the thought, like, like me inviting somebody to church, like, that's the craziest thing ever because they would just laugh at me. Remember when they laughed at Jesus when he came in? So they laughed at him. I would love to see that moment when I get to heaven. 
like people laughing at Jesus, you know what I mean? Like Jesus, the one who made them. Jesus, the one that's just about to heal this girl and she's going to walk again, okay? Jesus, they're laughing at him. And we think, you know what? What's the point? People are questioning their faith. They're questioning Jesus. They're questioning the church. They're questioning religion. They're questioning everything. I mean, what would happen if we invite somebody to the church? What, if, what would happen if we talked to them about Jesus? We just think, oh, they're just going to say no. Like, like that guy at lunch does not want me to talk to him about Jesus. Like, he just wants to eat his tuna sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, he is just, you know, he's just tired. And he just wants to eat his tuna sandwich. We think, I, I, I think the, the, the real truth if, if we're really being honest today, the real truth would be this, is that we are just way, 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 way too insecure also to receive the rejection. Oh, can I get an amen on that? And we think, what's the point, Jesus? They're dead. They're not interested. They don't care. I'm too insecure. Jesus, what is the point? And Jesus says this. He goes, he goes hey, I, just remember something, okay? Remember, okay, remember this, okay? Put up that picture, okay? Okay, right there. Right there. No, 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 the first one. No, the other, Mufasa one. Sorry. Remember him? Remember him? Okay, how many just saw the Lion King? No, you didn't see the Lion King? I did. It was fantastic. Go see it, okay? Remember Mufasa where he goes, remember. You know, he's like, Ugh. you know, sorry, that was a terrible line, okay? It's a terrible line. Jesus says this, remember, remember this statement. He goes, listen, just have faith. Just have faith. Just have faith in me. I'm super thankful that in a season that everybody counted me dead, okay? There was a real season in my life that I wanted nothing to do with God. I grew up in the church. I hated the church. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus, and I ran far, far away from Jesus, and I was super dead in my soul. My best friend was a drug dealer, all I cared about was getting to the weekend. All I cared about was partying. All I cared about was trying to forget this world that I was living in. And I was super dead in my soul. But I am so thankful that my sister had just a little bit of faith. She had a little bit of trust in Jesus. And she asked me, and she asked me, and she asked me, and she asked me, she would Call me and call me and call me. She would call me in the middle of the night, and she'd be like, hey, Jeffrey. That's what she calls me. You guys can't call me Jeffrey, but she can call me Jeffrey, okay? She'd go, hey, Jeffrey. She'd go, Jeffrey, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I would go, you're wasting your time. Pray for somebody else. Pray for somebody else that needs it. I don't need it. I, I don't care about this Jesus. She would go, nope, I'm going to keep praying for you. And she kept inviting me and inviting me and inviting me. And she kept telling me about this youth group and these people. And after two years of me rejecting her 
over and over. I mean, I would say the worst things to her as my sister. I would curse her out. Finally, I said, okay, I'll give you one Wednesday night. I'll give you one time. So I drove to this place called Cross Current. I smoked a big blunt in the car, okay? You ever seen Cheech and Chong? The windows are up, it's all smoggy, okay? That was me, okay? People are walking into youth group. They're walking into church. I'm like, yo, what's up? You know what I mean? You want in, you know? Okay? And I went in. I met Taka. Taka just loved me for who I was. He just cared about me. And he was the first person in my life that really showed me the goodness of God. Really showed me the character of Jesus. I would make fun of Taka. I would ditch him. He paid for, he paid like $300 of his own money for me to go to summer camp. And I ditched it and I blew it off. And, and over and over and over and over again, Taka would just love me. And he would love me. And he would love me. And he would love me. I'm super thankful that there was two people, my sister and Taka, who had a little bit of faith. They had a little bit of faith. And they believed. Just like Jesus said, he's just sleeping. So there's all these people that we're connected to. And we think they want nothing to do with God. And they might act like it, and they might come at you hard, and they might make fun of you, and they might insult you, and they might make you feel really small, but something, something, something inside of them. Because the Word of God says that God put eternity in everybody. He put eternity in everybody. There's something deep inside of people that are going, what is the truth? What is the truth? And if you'll just live it out in front of them, if you'll just be bold enough to express who you are about Jesus, if you'll just be bold enough to love them through really hard moments, if you'll just be bold enough to just keep asking them and asking them and asking them, there's going to come a moment where Jesus is going to break through. See, Jesus sees people differently than we do. We walk by people all the time and think, ah, it's a hopeless case. Jesus goes, that's my son. That's my son. That's my child. I care about them. Will you please go reach them? Will you please go love them? Will you please go care for them? That's mine. Jesus sees people differently than we do. Number two is this. Point number two is this. Haters are not welcome. Okay? Say it with me. Haters gonna hate. Okay? Look at your neighbor. Tell them that. Say, a haters gonna hate. Okay? Haters gonna hate. Okay? Now, here's the truth. Okay? I'm a hater. Okay? And I am never going to stop hating on 
this man named Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, okay? Like, never. Like, ever in my life. You can pray all, like, literally, you can pray for my soul. This will not change, okay? But look, look at that stupid mustache of his, okay? I mean, look at him, okay? Put that next picture up, okay? He thinks he's Magnum P.I. Now, that is a great American right there, okay? I mean, when I grow up someday, that's what I want to look like. I mean, I'm be on stage, gonna have like five buttons undone, hair just flowing out, perfect mustache, okay? Aaron Rodgers is not Magnum P.I. Aaron Rodgers, go to the next picture, okay? He's an old man. Look at that old, crusty man, okay? He's out there trying to play some football, but he is old. He is not like my boy, next picture, my boy Mitchell Trubisky, okay? Now, that is a young stud. That's a stallion, okay? We're going to ride Mr. Trubisky from the great state of Ohio, let's make this abundantly clear, to the Super Bowl this year, okay? All right? I mean, look at this guy. Next picture. Look, this is him celebrating. Shannon, can you tell me where he's celebrating at? Do you, can you tell me where, where he's at right there? I think he's in the great city of Cincinnati celebrating a four-touchdown day in it looks like a pretty empty stadium, okay? I mean, seriously. I mean, come on. Listen, listen. I got mad respect for Browns fans. They show up when they lose. Bengal fans, they don't show up when they lose, okay? So, but... Back to, back to Aaron, okay? Aaron, he's just an old man. Next picture, okay? He, listen, listen. Aaron is such a, he's just a wannabe, he wants to be a boy. He wants, he's a, such a little man that he has to date Danica Patrick because she's so much more of a man than he is. He's like, he's like, listen, I am such a wimp and I am so scared, but you are so cool because you drive, you drive race cars and you could die today. I love you so much. Listen, okay? This is who he is. Look, look, now I'm going to say this. I'm going to be abundantly clear about this guy. Look, I am not a beer drinker at all. Okay, maybe once in the day, okay, but not anymore. But look at Aaron Rodgers. Okay? This is Aaron Rodgers trying to chug a beer. Okay, next picture, next picture. Look, he's like choking on it. Next picture. Okay, look, look. Look at this old lady sitting over here, okay? She's looking at him thinking like, I want to laugh at you so bad, okay? Like you can't chug a beer. She's like, I can chug a beer. Who, who are you, okay? All right. Everybody, welcome to my brain, Okay. <laughs> Welcome to my brain, all right? Haters are going to hate, okay? Now, where is, where is Noah at? Where is Noah at? Where, where's, where's my man? Noah left. He's like, oh, he's like, I'm done with this church. I hate this church. Everybody go, we love you, Noah. Just say, we love you, Noah. Love you, love you, okay? We will not stricken you from, from the fold for your wicked ways, Noah. <laughs> Noah's a... I, but I do have respect. You're like diehard Packer fan, like diehard. Okay. Listen, you're like, where in the world are we going with this? Where? This is what it says in verse 39. Jesus went inside and asked, why all the commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him. They laughed at him. I became really thick skinned when I was a youth pastor. 
okay? Like, students are brutal people, okay? Dude, they will just laugh at you for nothing, okay? They will make fun of you for nothing. They will fall asleep in the middle of service and snore in the middle of service, okay? Listen, me and Justin, we were youth pastors. The Lord reminded me this, of this this morning. We had four youth services, like four middle school services uh, with our four services. So we did four middle school services, and then on Sunday nights, we did our high school service. So we did five youth services every weekend, okay? And we would have this youth service at 8.30 in the morning, on Sunday morning, okay? And, like, we did, like, a full service, just like you see today, like, worship and games. And there would be, like, six kids at this, like, 8.30 service, okay? You know what I mean? And they are looking at you like, God, please make him stop talking. You know what I mean? Like, for anything, just leave me alone. So, listen, I've, I've learned to have thick skin, Okay? There are going to be times that people laugh at the things of God. Because they don't understand. And that's okay. The Bible says they laughed at him. But here's that line I told you to underline. But he made all of them leave. Jesus made all those people leave. What was he saying? You don't have faith. You don't have faith to walk into this room with me and watch this girl rise up from the dead. So I need to get this lack of faith out. Because I need some people to have faith. Amen. Like, God's going, listen, I need some people in any a church that will believe for the miraculous. Now, listen, I understand we're at all different places in our journey with God. But I can tell you 100% where I'm at. I'm at the place that when I pray for somebody, I believe they're going to get healed. And listen, I can't explain 100% to you. I wish I could. I wish I could just make 2 plus 2 equal 4 always in the body of Christ. But I can't. I don't understand why there are times that somebody does not get healed. But I know that I believe that everyone who came to Jesus got healed. Everyone. Not one did he send away. Not one did he not heal. So a few years ago, when a man came to me with stage four cancer, he said, I have two weeks to live. I need a miracle. And I said, great. You know what I love about people that are desperate? They don't care anymore. They don't care anymore. They don't care about religion. They don't care about what might work or what might not work. They're just, they're looking for an answer. And they hear that Jesus could heal. And this man grabbed my hands and I grabbed his hands. And I prayed for him no more than two minutes. And I told that cancer to leave his body. And five weeks later, he came back to me and he said, I went to the doctor and the doctor says, I have zero trace of cancer in my body. In Jesus' name. So where am I at? 
I'm going, look, I'm looking for some people in Elevate Church to have some faith with me to go, you know what, we're going to 600. We're going to 600. We're going to find 600 families. We're going to find 600 students. We're going to find 600 kids. We're going to find 600 individuals. We're going after this world with a vengeance. Because we believe that we have the answers. We believe that Jesus is more than enough in this life. Point number three is this. I got to hurry. No, I do. People are messy. People are messy. Mark chapter 5, verse 26 says this. She has suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she has spent everything she had to pay them. And she had not gotten no better. In fact, she got worse. Since she, but she heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. And she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed from this terrible condition. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Matt, my helpers, you guys can come on up real quick. I'd never seen this before. I can't tell you how many times I have read this passage in the Bible, but I had never seen this before. And the Lord just, he just like highlighted something. And God will do this for you if you ask, okay? Like, like God wants you to go, hey, God, I don't understand the Bible. And he goes, that's fine. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is, is to help you. So I pray this every time I read the Bible. I'm like, God, I don't always understand the Bible. You got to help me understand it. You got to help me see it. Okay? And there's this verse, verse 28. Put verse 28 back up. Okay? Verse 28. Okay? There's something in verse 28 that goes, he goes, I want you to see this is, this is how I do relationship. Okay? Because in verse 28, I don't, I don't know if you can see it, okay? But he goes, there's power in relationship. There's power when we touch. There's power, there's an interaction that happens, okay? And let me show you this, okay? In verse 28, the woman comes up and she touches Jesus. Remember that? So she comes up and she touches Jesus, right? It's like that man came up to me and he touched my hands. My hands touched him. Now, I believe this, that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is in me. Did you hear that? The same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead is in me. The fullness of Jesus Christ is in me. Okay? I represent Jesus and all of Jesus. Okay? 
So what happens in this life? I meet Joaquin. Okay? Joaquin's messy. Right? Joaquin's got junk. When Joaquin walked into this house, he walked in with a bunch of junk. But you know what happens? This happens. Love you. I got you. We're here for you. We'll walk through this with you. Got you. You see it? You see it? And then Ian comes to our church. Remember when I met Ian and Renee? They were like, we're just looking for family. We're just looking for community. We're looking for some people that will do life with us. You know what we did? We said, that's awesome. We love you. I'm sorry you got hurt. I'm sorry it didn't work out the way you thought. But we're going to do our best to show you Jesus. I'm going to do life with you and care about you. And then, and then Wes and his beautiful family comes. And, you know, we're, we're at lunch last week with Wes. And, you know, Wes and his wife tell us that they've gone to multiple churches for the last two years, looking for somewhere that believes what we believe, somewhere that believes in reaching people, somewhere that has a great kids ministry, somewhere that they could build their life. They needed a shepherd, amen? And so what does God do? He goes, here you go. I got you, Wes. I love you. I'm for you. And we'll walk this journey of life with you and your family. We'll help you through tough times. We'll do life with you. We love you. We got you. That's what Jesus is supposed to look like. That's what loving people is supposed to look like. People are messy, so what? We all got issues, we all got problems, we all got junk, but we got Jesus. We got Jesus. And according to the Bible I read, all it took was one woman just touching him. All she had to do was just touch him and she was healed. So I believe that the Jesus in me, when I touch them, when, when we do community together, when we love each other, when we pray for each other, when we care about each other, when we do Jesus together, the Jesus that's on me is going to get on them. And a broken home and a broken marriage will find life. And people that need a family will find a family. And people that need a shepherd will find a shepherd. And the truth is this, all three of these families will succeed. The enemy will not come and steal, kill and destroy. They'll live the blessed life that God intended for them. Because we're bold enough to go, you know what? There's a great church. It's called Elevate Church. I need you to come. I need you to come. 
I need you to get there because this is what it says at the very end. It says that they were totally amazed, totally amazed. When you are totally amazed about something, you talk to people, you tell people. When we're amazed at Jesus, and I'm amazed at Jesus because the reality is this, Joaquin and his family, they shouldn't be here, okay? They, they had major issues in their family. I'm not going to expose all those things, but there was major issues. They should be divorced. Their home should be split. But God came in at the right moment, at the right time, in Jesus' name. I'm totally amazed. I'm totally amazed at God that goes, you know what, Ian and Renee, you are welcome in this house. I'm sorry that you weren't welcome in another house, but you're welcome in this house. This is your home. This is your family. I'm totally amazed at this young, young family that's searching the earth for Jesus. And Jesus goes, you know what? I'm going to send Jeff and Jess to this area at this moment, at this time, to start this church. I'm going to bring a bunch of great people together, and we're going to build a great community for Wes and his family and his daughter and his future children. I'm totally amazed at what God has done. I'm totally amazed at what God has done in such a short period of time here at Elevate Church. But it's just the beginning of what God wants to do. But God goes, I need you all. I need all of you so that we can go reach this world for Jesus. Why don't you stand up this morning? love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.